Hello, welcome to The Ripple, a podcast diving into closure programs and libraries. This week, I'm talking with Martin Cavallar, the creator of Clerk and co-founder of Next Journal. Welcome to the show, Martin. Hey, Daniel. Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you on. Can you start by telling us a little bit about Next Journal? What is it? Why would I use it? How does it compare to other similar tools out there? All right, sure. So Next Journal is a platform that kind of started with this, like a platform to improve data-driven research. And it kind of started with this idea that we, like the tools we we use as programmers, they're very hard to use for a lot of scientists, like Git being a famous example, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And it also not being a good fit for a lot of the stuff that like data science or like these certain domains do where they're dealing with kind of large data sets that you can't store in Git. I was doing my physics, my diploma thesis, doing a write-up of stuff, and there's kind of a computational analysis behind it. Getting this all together is a big pain. Copy and pasting tables into LaTeX, there's a whole painful process with lots of manual converting things from one format into another. So the idea with NextJournal is you have a platform that kind of, as you use it, kind of records everything you do and allows you to effortlessly then publish this work. Great. And so it's particularly useful for people who are doing some sort of computation. You know, it's great, but it seems like it would be maybe overkill for just a, a LaTeX document by itself. Well, yeah. So as soon as you're doing any kind of analysis that you don't want to use say Excel for, which yeah, there might be a lot of reasons, right? Because there's also a lot of bugs in Excel. Uh, famously. <laughs> or like a lot of research had errors in it because of the way Excel treats your data. And why would you use it? Well, I think for this kind of audience, I would these days defer to them using Clerk, which is kind of what we ourselves have also done. As we worked on NextJournal, the platform, and kind of used it ourselves, we realized more and more that like some of the things that NextJournal offers, we don't need so much. The what you see is what you get kind of text editing that NextJournal provides. Mm-hmm. Like while I still believe it's it's useful for a certain audience and editing some markup format is not uh, the most effective way for a certain audience. I think for us as programmers, kind of like working in some format like Markdown or like Clerk is actually more effective for us to do this directly than using an editor. Yeah, that is cool. We will come back to Clerk in a moment because I think that is very cool. But before we move away from that, Tell me a little bit about how NextGeneral works with GPUs and what does that look like for fraud and abuse and getting hold of these GPUs from the cloud providers and these things are hot demand and they're not particularly cheap either. So how do you deal with such expensive resources? Yeah, so that has certainly been a cat and mouse game with the Bitcoin miners. (laughs) Who, yeah, have come to visit our platform again and again. (laughs) unfortunately we also had to kind of limit some of the resources we offer to free accounts as a result of that Mm -hmm. now we restrict gpus to purely paid accounts Mm -hmm. we're playing this cat and mouse game that we're trying uh yeah we're doing a bunch of uh things hopefully detecting this like misuse of of gpus early 
But yeah, it's certainly been been quite a bit of work and not the greatest way to spend your time, I'd say. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit more about Clerk. I think that is maybe something that you might see more often in, say, Clojure shop. I've certainly seen lots of Clerk notebooks all over the place, kind of popping up in surprising places, particularly in GitHub Readme's as linking. So tell us about Clerk. Yeah, what is the relationship between Clerk and NextJournal? Is sort of Clerk... Does it share any code with NextJournal? Is it completely standalone? How does that part work? It's completely standalone. We started Clerk kind of, yeah, with this, I think we were like coming to a realization that kind of this monolithic platform that NextJournal is, isn't always what we want, especially if I talk about us as a closure dev team wanting to use the platform. So yeah, we're spending our days kind of in in our editors, right? And there's always a tension to, like, we're trying to dog food the product as much as we can, but there was always this tension, like, between kind of leaving your editor and going to do something on the platform. Yeah, trying to resolve this is kind of what got Clerk started. So, like, can we get some of the nice visual aspects, kind of notebooks that NextJournal also had, but maybe we don't need the rich text editing, the what you see is what you get editor, but mm-hmm. rather work with normal closure files, right? That then we can like keep using all our tools as programmers that keep using our editors, keep being able to put stuff into version control, but kind of still get a, a good notebook experience. Yeah. Is there anything particularly tricky about building Clerk or NextJournal for that matter, that you're that you're proud of, or that was surprisingly more difficult than you thought it was going to be? So one thing, I guess the naming things problem <laughs> is <laughs> is one that comes up for me, and especially like when you're designing kind of a new API, right? And we said there was going to be breaking changes still from the beginning, and we, we knew we wouldn't get our API right the first time, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's also like within... Closure kind of the strong tendency to trying to not break things. Mm-hmm. And so kind of walking this path, like trying to minimize breakage on the one hand. But when you learn that another API is clearly better than what you had before, or like that stuff just wasn't working, how do you move forward there in a good manner? That's been something I've definitely struggled with. Mm-hmm. Also, like turning off the critic voice is important, I think, when you're when you're writing or when you're naming things. And yeah, that's also something I've struggled with quite a bit, I think. Yeah. What about like rerunning computations or deciding when to rerun a computation? Right. That has been the major sources of complexity. Like we knew from the start, we we didn't want to, we couldn't just kind of rerun our, like all the, the whole notebook from top to bottom because that would result in your notebook just, yeah, as soon as you're doing anything non-trivial, right, the feedback loops would be, uh, would get quite dismal, right? Right, yeah. So, yeah, what Clerk does, it kind of does static analysis on your code. It kind of macro expands all the code, then figures out, like, what are the dependencies of these macro expanded bars and kind of descends until it hopefully found all the code that's being referenced, uh, including kind of yeah stuff coming from jars and and uh, Java classes, kind of, and yeah, getting that 
I think we've gotten it mostly right now, but that's certainly also been a path that took a bit and yeah, doing it in such a way that it, the performance is acceptable. Yeah. Also wasn't trivial, I'd say. I can bet that's a somewhat tricky task to, so you have to sort of macro expand it, then walk all the forms and kind of follow everything. Yeah. Build up the dependency graph, then find all the stuff you haven't seen yet and do that until you've found everything. Yeah. Hopefully everything. Yeah. <laughs> There's limits also when it doesn't work, right? Like, so you can't do too much super dynamic stuff, which Clojure has plenty of as well, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you're interning bars or mutating stuff or doing stuff in places that also clerk needs to be able to find the source on the file system or in a jar, right? right? Okay. And if you don't follow the conventions there, then yeah, we can't find it. Gotcha. So if you're doing something very tricky with like in NES from some other namespace. Yeah. Yeah. My sense is that I see less of that nowadays than I maybe did five years ago. I don't know if that's accurate or not. Maybe it's just the low version tools that I pick, but I, I feel like there's maybe a little bit less willingness in the closure community to do ultra dynamic stuff. Unless there's some particularly good reason for it. But would you agree, disagree? I think so. Like I think also like Condo becoming more and more popular at, and mm -hmm. I feel that users are demanding that like stuff works well with CLJ Condo and it has some of the like similar restrictions. And I also do feel like there's stuff like Potemkin, right? Yep. Yeah, you see it less used often in, in newer libraries than when it first came out. So I guess, yeah, I've not been in the communities for so long, so you probably know better there. Mm. Tell me a little bit about the paper that you wrote about Clerk recently. All right. We wrote a paper on Clerk uh, for the Programming Experience Workshop, and we're able to present it on site there in Tokyo, which was a great trip. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a workshop, academic workshop, kind of about the experience of programming. And we wrote the paper about clerk as a clerk uh, document, <laughs> as we had to, <laughs> uh -huh. kind of adding like support for side notes and stuff kind of to clerk for this. Yeah, then one of the reviewer comments was, like why we don't also do a PDF version of this, hmm. which, yeah, I guess most of these academic folks prefer that to a website, even though like we, yeah, we had plenty of stuff in the, in the website that you just can't do in a PDF or, right. I guess you can do everything in a PDF, but then uh, not in this version of PDF that they want in their journal, like videos and and interactive stuff right <laughs> and my colleague andrea he took on the work to kind of like see if he can write a program to convert kind of clerk's document into a latex document like using pandoc and that we get then needed to get that through review which was a painful process for sure like review with the, the conference yeah, struggling with the LaTeX stuff in the reviewer's comments, like fill blank space on page five with contents. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like this automatic layouting that LaTeX 
like yeah uses it often happens that like humans still have other needs in this automatic process and aren't always satisfied with it and then you move some stuff around and images start jumping around again in the thing and yeah it's lots of tedious work you need to do there but i'm was great to try it once i'm not sure i want to do it again going down this latex route okay yeah was interesting all right and uh yeah that's open source so other people can also use yeah i'll put the link into the show notes yeah it's probably like more of a thing to look at and study as an example like might become a library one day but it's currently more kind of a one-off gotcha example at the moment like we also do stuff like using what's it playwright kind of runs through the document screenshots all the results so we can put images into the latex right uh, stuff like that yeah huh probably gonna sound like a, a dumb question but what does it actually mean to present at a programming conference are you speaking is it like a booth and people come and look at your paper up on a, the wall and you talk to them about it like so this was a kind of workshop format. So you submit your paper up front and there's kind of a review process before. And then kind of all participants in the workshop are asked to read all the work being presented there. Mm-hmm. Then you have a, like a 10-minute presentation of the work again and then following a discussion. Okay. So you present and then there's a like in a circle or... Sorry, I'm just trying to imagine in my head, like, what is this actually? <laughs> no, kind of typical classroom. So this was at the university in okay. Tokyo. Yeah. And so you're in a classroom with, I don't know, 20, 25 people. Okay. This was also a kind of hybrid remote on-site setup, which wasn't the greatest experience, I'd say. So ended up like most of the discussion happening in the Zoom and... The microphone setup to the room not being so great. So <laughs> was the Zoom channel like, yeah, is the room still here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're here. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Tell me a little bit about uh, Clerk.Garden. Right. So Clerk comes with the ability to kind of produce static HTML documents using a build process. And uh, Clerk Garden is our attempt to kind of make that building these documents easier by kind of mirroring GitHub URLs. Mm-hmm. Might have heard of this project, kind of my binder for Jupyter Notebooks mm-hmm. that kind of does a similar a bit of a similar thing. So you can go to Clerk Garden and kind of enter a GitHub URL there and just follow some convention kind of in your Debs Eden file to figure out the arguments to your build. And then we will build the thing for you and you'll get a URL back with the build result. Nice. And so you're running the compute then for people with this tool? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Has there been uh, any abuse yet of this Clerk Garden yet? No, no. So yeah, that's the nice thing about like working with the Clojure community, I think. We're protected as nobody can see through the parents. <laughs> That's a good point. And we're actually like running this just on a small instance that, yeah, kind of in our own like rack that we have. Yeah. So even if there would be abuse, it wouldn't hurt as much. Right. Which also definitely has been annoying, like for Next Journal, where we 
run on, on Google Cloud. And so they do have detection for crypto mining abuse, but they only use it to lock you out and you can't get this info in any way, right? <laughs> right. So <laughs> they're like, yeah, you're running crypto stuff again. We will shut down your whole account instead of like also providing you with an API of these alerts or notifications, right? Yeah. So tell me about building a rack of servers. What was the idea there? This actually goes back to our other startup that we run. So we, we've also been like for, I think now 15 years running these traditional German card game websites. Mm -hmm. And there we had a kind of pretty constant traffic and not a ton of growth. And yeah, after a couple of years there, we decided to kind of move this to our own infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's worked out very well for us. I'm always surprised, like if you, if you can do this, like how much cheaper than the cloud is, this is. Yeah. And I think it was after 10 years that we then moved to new hardware for this and, but still kept the old machines around. And one of these old ones is now running clerk garden and right. probably been written off eight years ago or so. Yeah. <laughs> getting good value from that machine right yeah yeah tell me a little bit about the other parts of your business that you're working on the card game websites bold poker as well i want to talk about that too all right so yeah the the card games was kind of a this was a project we started during university kind of as a side project and this became pretty popular like surprisingly popular for us the four founders we could kind of start being kind of ramen profitable within i think a year after we started this mm -hmm. and yeah it's been kind of growing steadily ever since got a huge boost through COVID. yeah like when when, <laughs> when the bavarians were there was a lockdown especially tough lockdown in bavaria this <laughs> made a huge spike in our like, yeah, you could really see that people didn't have a lot of stuff to do except playing online cards. Right. <laughs> yeah, but we are still kind of keeping the team together, like as we got to maintain these sites still and kind of operating them. But yeah, there was less and less kind of new development happening. As the thing matured, you also like, yeah, any change is also like not always loved by the users. Right. Especially like touching the design is the design of the cards. If you run a card game website, I would recommend to not touch this once you have a bunch of users. Then Bold Poker was kind of a somewhat adjacent idea to this, where we tried to do something with cards kind of for there. The idea is kind of that like when you do a in-person poker round, it's like kind of like betting with the chips is kind of nice and not too cumbersome, but dealing the cards is just really tiring, especially if it's kind of a, a round with friends and there might be some alcohol involved and not everybody's fully focused. And then you get this nice hand and then you realize somebody still discovers two cards over there that should have been in the deck <laughs> like from the last round. And yeah, so there the idea was like to, yeah, you could use an iPad in the middle of your table to show the board cards and everybody gets his pocket cards kind of on an, on an iPhone mm -hmm. or Android phone. Yeah. It's really hard to convince anybody that this is a good idea before they've tried it. Almost impossible, I'd say. 
Mm -hmm. But yeah, most people I've tried it with, they've been positively surprised how you kind of forget you're actually not using real cards after a while. So it's kind of this AR experience where kind of the technology really moves into the background, I'd say. But it's been uh, really only a hobby. Like I said, it's really hard to... Like, I think there's a few kind of hardcore fans that, like, whenever something isn't working, I do get some emails. Uh, can you please uh -huh. bring this back? Like, we're using this every week with our round, but there's not many of them. Okay. I remember seeing Bold Poker on Daring Fireball. Looks like 11 years ago now, 2012. Yeah. And at the time, I kind of put that in the back of my mind, and then I think... I then sort of later on connected Bold Poker with you know, the Next Journal and this closure shop. And I was like, oh, wow, I remember <laughs> that. That's very cool. Yeah, it was also really fun. Like there was this kind of Apple related conference that Paul Campbell run mm -hmm. uh, in Ireland it was called Ool. Mm -hmm. So John Gruber was also going to be there from Daring Fireball, right? We worked with Paul. We were kind of sponsoring the conference. And they had their own app for the conference. Also some like iOS devs that were also at the conference made. And we put in Bolt Poker kind of a, a conference themed version of Bolt Poker, like with the speakers as the cards, <laughs> like in the cards as an Easter egg into the conference app. Yeah. And can put a link to that in the show notes as well. Yeah. That conference isn't going on anymore, is it? No, but Paul is now doing a new thing. It's called This Next Thing in okay. Switzerland. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's put a link. I was I was not in any position to go to the All Conference, but I do remember at the time hearing a bunch of podcast hosts raving about how great the conference was. So. Yeah. I've never made it to FunConf, but also, yeah, it's legendary. He certainly did some, like also for Ul, I think at one point he rented his own train to take the conference attendees to the Irish countryside. And, <laughs> yeah, it was, was always great. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about what's coming next for Clerk and Next Journal, perhaps. Yeah, so kind of Clerk Garden is kind of about the static building, as I said. But we do know that a lot of Clerk users like want to share their Clerk notebooks in a way that you can still kind of get access to the full data, right? When you have a large data set in Clerk, in, mm -hmm. in its normal mode, you can still kind of paginate down into the data and get more of it. And so kind of we're working on kind of the next iteration of Clerk Garden. Mm -hmm. It's called kind of Application Garden. So this will be a thing to make it easy to host small Clojure JVM apps. And I think you had Jacob on the show, right? Yep. The last show talking about what motivates Biff, right? Uh, like in terms of building small apps. And I think for something like this would be a, a good fit. We're also kind of aiming this at these small scale use cases where you don't want to deal with Kubernetes. You don't want to set up, a, operate a distributed system necessarily, but... Yeah, mm -hmm. just small things where you can run in one JVM process and and be good with that. Right. And yeah, I think we're getting about ready to invite some folks to a private beta. So if this sounds interesting, they they can hit us up like on Clojure and Slack, for example. 
Sure. That sounds very interesting. Looking forward to seeing more about that soon. The other thing that was going on recently for Clerk was Closures Together funding. Right. So do you want to tell us a little bit about what that was like, what you've been working on? Yeah, so I still must say I feel a bit bad as the last point and kind of the biggest point I had on this roadmap is kind of making Clerk nice for building dashboards that you can then also put online didn't go exactly according to plan. So I wasn't able to get this in kind of in the time or also kind of figured out along the way that kind of the solution I thought I'd take for this maybe wasn't the best and kind of took a bit of a detour there. Mm -hmm. So I still definitely want to get to that. And yeah, I feel I've learned kind of along the way that if you want to deploy this thing as an app, yeah, maybe you want to take fewer parts kind of of clerk and I thought before, kind of, you don't necessarily want to have clerks caching, I think, in there. If you're running stuff against a database, then this kind of, yeah, doesn't play so well with clerks caching, right? Which you, you don't have this view, kind of, the stuff inside the database right. isn't visible to clerks caching, right? Mm -hmm. So what I'm currently thinking is that this will be more kind of using clerks view layer, but not the caching layer so much. I feel like the, the closures together funding, there's still some loose ends I want to tie up in the in the coming weeks and months. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, we were pretty excited to be able to fund Clerk. It's a you know, very popular project and a lot of people use it. So, And then I should also mention that you yourself or NextJournal are closures together members. So general responses of that as well. Yeah, no, I mean, it's been like great to see what you started there and kind of how it's existential for some projects, right? Some, like there's a bunch of projects that I think wouldn't exist without it or like Mikiel going kind of full-time open source. Uh, yeah, I think there's a big part of closures together in this as well. And yeah, it's been, been really great to see all this work. So yeah, thanks to you as well. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Yeah, and big thanks to all of the company and developer members who have sponsored Closures Together, and I'll put a link to them in the show notes and people can go check them out and give them their thanks as well. All right, so if people are excited and want to help out with Clerk, what can they do to help there? So, yeah, stars on, on GitHub is what open source projects are uh, <laughs> living on, right? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would appreciate that no it's been really gratifying to see that clerk now has some actual users i think and like more of more kind of professional users i think than next journal had and kind of reading reports of people using it for or kind of how it changed working with clients and kind of delivering work for them has been gratifying so yeah mm -hmm. please keep those reports coming and and yeah if you like also do bug us if stuff is unclear or yeah so we know the sharp edges we we should uh, round off yeah would you say this is a good project for people to contribute to like how deep is it how deep do you need to go to work on it in terms of like contributions uh yeah i think what mikiel also tried to like starting with a issue kind of with a problem statement yeah is always a good first step 
I must say I've not always been super great in kind of like sometimes do get PRs where and yeah, I've not always been super responsive in kind of addressing that as a first thing. So not sure I can recommend <laughs> <laughs> jumping right into the code uh, there. I should try to do better, but there's often like as somebody or I have some other plans where I want to go, right, which this other person is not aware of and, yeah, doesn't have all the context. So, yeah, I think kind of reaching out first and kind of, yeah, talking about the, the problem is recommended. Great. Does sound like a good good starting point. One other thing I wanted to mention, which I haven't seen so many other companies do, I've seen a Next General funded sort of open source development of, I think, Kalchar or some of Arna's libraries. Can you tell me a little bit more about, like, how did that happen? What was the thought process? Yeah, so I found, like, we've worked with a bunch of open source projects, I think, over the while, where I just found that always to be kind of really good value for your money kind of as a company when you're kind of to sponsor open source development, mm -hmm. right? And compared to having for stuff like the culture or, like, also we work with... Marine from CodeMirror and ProseMirror to like sponsor some feature work. And I think when this aligns, it can be just an excellent way to spend your money. And yeah, it's as it's open source, it's often not very expensive to like getting some features in because it's often passionate people that would do the work anyway. Right. <laughs> in a lot of cases, right. And yeah, I found that like if you don't have a lot of process around you can even reach out to somebody you haven't talked to before right and yeah just make him this offer and it's often very quick to find right. an agreement uh, yeah. yeah if you don't involve too much bureaucracy in this right <laughs> yeah one other question who else is involved in next general and clerk so yeah there's other notable closure members whose names pop up in the repo and other places yeah, so, I mean, I started working on, with uh, Jack, Jack Rusher, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, we kind of used this as a, like, he's kind of working part-time for us and kind of mentoring, providing mentoring mainly, and yeah, we've kind of used this as a project that we'd pair together on, and he showed me some of his tricks and techniques, and that's been definitely a great experience, learned a ton kind of building clerk and i think my complexity threshold went way down kind of with clerk compared to what we built before next journal which is just way more moving pieces right like in involving docker like polyglot languages and whatnot and the development experience in clerk is much nicer which with much fewer things to consider i'd say yeah then my colleague andrea amantini has also helped out a great deal on clerk and he, for example, developed a markdown parsing library that's also like independent of Clerk and kind of usable independently. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, gives you back data that you can then transform again. And that's also like some of the more advanced use cases that we've used in the PX paper. Yeah, are building kind of on top of this. And yeah, Philippa has been doing the design on Clerk and. Yeah, I mean, that's also one of the parts of Clerk I really enjoy, which makes it, it's just so easy to get something that looks decent or good even. Like, and yeah, that's mainly uh, been Philippa's work 
really enjoy that. Nice. Well, this was a pleasure to talk, and I'm excited to see Application Garden come out soon, or whenever it comes out. Don't want to make any promises on your behalf, but thanks for your time. Thanks for working on Clerk and Next Journal and sponsoring open source closure development. Thank you. It's been great to be here.